Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today, I'm going to be talking about invisible illnesses. Now, what does that even mean? Well, in my work over the last year, two things have really dominated and they're going to continue to dominate general practice. And those two things are long COVID, which we're going to talk a bit about later on, and the explosion in mental health need. And in my um, practice, actually talking to people who have these conditions, it's really clear to me that these conditions are invisible. A lot of these people are really struggling to convince their colleagues or their family that there is actually something wrong. And it it breaks my heart in a way because often because there there is nothing to see physically. Um, and, and if you think about the history of illnesses and disease, a lot of the physical uh, manifestations of disease that we used to see, things like smallpox or leprosy or polio, we don't see um, anywhere near as often. Polio, for example, is only endemic in, in, in Afghanistan and Pakistan, um, but it's been eradicated everywhere else. So actually, we've got this whole slew of conditions, which in some cases are making people's lives fall apart, yet we can't see them because they are invisible illnesses. And I'm going to come back to mental health and long COVID because I think they're really important and we're going to be seeing more people um, with those conditions and in, in a way, long COVID is a, is a new long-term condition. It didn't exist a couple of years ago. And mental health problems, which have been prevalent through the history of time, are different these days. We're seeing different presentations at different ages for different reasons. So it needs a longer, more detailed discussion. But sticking with the theme of invisible illnesses, the first time this really hit me, was when I was a junior doctor in my first year of practice and um, we were saving up to 
go abroad for a few months and I was locuming, which is where as a doctor you're working in, on a temporary basis in a hospital. And I remember at the end of a long ward round on a Saturday morning, we ended up on the ITU ward where one patient had been admitted overnight. Um, that's the intensive therapy unit where people, you know, the sickest people end up. The patient was in his late 20s. He was on holiday uh, with a friend from the Caribbean. And the story was that he'd collapsed and had been found in the street and had been brought in by ambulance. And I remember the consultant, the ITU consultant, who was discussing the case with the consultant who I was working for at the time. And the first thing he said was, look, you know, this chap, he apparently he's got very high blood pressure, was in complete d denial about his condition, didn't take his tablets, was found collapsed in the street. So he was brought in totally unresponsive. We scanned his brain and this is his CT result. And he flashed up on one of these light boxes the images of this young man's brain. He was probably the same age as I was at the time. And the whole thing was whited out. And that means that he had a huge bleed. And the reason he had the huge bleed is that his blood pressure had almost certainly been far too high. He'd not been taking his medication. And the blood vessels in his brain, or one or more of the blood vessels in his brain, had burst. And I just remember feeling so sad, thinking, this poor chap, you know, and at th that point they hadn't been able to contact his relatives and it was almost certain that he was not going to recover in any way, shape or form. This was absolutely life-threatening and his life hung in the balance and the next 24 to 48 hours would be critical. And I think from that day onwards, because I'd couldn't stop thinking about him for, for days. I mean, it, I was just overwhelmingly sad that this could even happen. I made a promise to myself and to my patients that actually, you know, I would do my best to make sure that this kind of thing just, just doesn't happen. And one of the things that I did as a result of it was I wanted to really perfect my patter for high blood pressure because it is a very common invisible illness. And I found over the years that that is one of the ones that people are not willing to accept. They find it really hard to understand that their blood pressure is high and they're quite resistant to treatment. Even once they've done all the lifestyle stuff, you know, they've stopped smoking, cut down the coffee, reduced salt, stress reduction techniques and improving their sleep, all of that stuff to try and reduce blood pressure once you've done all of that and it's still high it's going to cause damage but of course it's invisible and I've had arguments over the years with with my patients and I say arguments you know not in the traditional fisticuffs sense uh, let's call them negotiations and sometimes it's really really hard to sell the concept and my, my patter and this is not sort of physiologically accurate but 
when I describe blood pressure, the way I tend to do it is I go, well, look, think about a flat or a house and all of the things that go on in it, such as plumbing and electricity. So I think I think a house is a really good analogy for um, our body in terms of the systems. And so the pattern I've got for blood pressure when I'm trying to sell it to someone who's being a bit resistant is I go, so if you think about a house, it has a heating system and it has a boiler and you have pipes that go around the house with hot water and of course there's a pump and what do you think would happen if pressure in that system was really high and of course the answer is that the pipes would burst or that the pump would just fail and it's not a bad analogy I don't think anyway uh, for what might happen to your blood vessels or to your heart as in the pump and the pipes and it is amazing how that really sort of makes the penny drop for a lot of people and they think okay maybe I do need to take this seriously and that's after many many other conversations about yeah but you know I feel fine doctor I feel fine um you know I, I feel fine but of course it's an invisible illness and that means in this sense that not only can other people not see it but you can't see it which leads to double trouble as I call it and one step beyond that is is, is what I call triple threat where the go away and talk to someone, a friend or someone in their community, their hairdresser often, and they come back going, look, you know, I've had a think and I still don't think I want to do anything about it. And then I'm like, right, okay. And I say to them, look, you've got all the information. I can't force you to do anything about your blood pressure. Um, so, you know, when you're ready, um, come back and see me and that's something called rolling with resistance which is a, a motivational interviewing technique where sometimes the patient thinks wait a second has the doctor given up on me and it sometimes makes them revisit what you were discussing the other thing is that there's some evidence that shock tactics don't necessarily work you know like pictures of cancer on fag packets so actually telling them about what might happen because it's not a reality may not be that effective. But as we all know, if there's any sort of tragedy that happens in your life, so say the chap I was talking about in his late 20s, if that was a friend or a relative of yours, I am sure that would make you take your blood pressure much more seriously. So it's quite a complex thing. And, and in a way, high blood pressure for me is in some ways the queen of invisible illnesses. So just looping back to long COVID and mental health, what are we going to do about these conditions? Well, long COVID is a real mystery. And as doctors, we're constantly learning more and more about it. It currently is being managed mainly by GPs, but also long COVID clinics, which seemed to be linked to the Department of Respiratory Medicine or Chest Medicine in most areas. But of course, it's a condition that affects every system. It really does. The symptoms can range from brain fog, lack of concentration, fatigue, muscle cramps, joint pains. The list goes on. And actually having long COVID or any long-term condition can affect your mental health anyway. 
um, irrespective of having a mental health problem in its own right. At the moment, at the time of recording this, there's a lot of classification going on with long COVID. So if you look at NICE guidance, the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, you'll see that they categorise long COVID depending on how long you've had symptoms for after COVID infection, so four weeks, 12 weeks or, or longer. And there is, of course, the Zoe app, which you can find in the show notes, which actually tracks COVID symptoms. And that's really useful because it will tell us what the common symptoms are and what kind of symptoms people are getting. So the more data we gather, the more we're going to be able to help people by trying to understand how this virus is actually affecting our systems. And of course, the insult to our immune system is huge. So a large part of therapies uh, for long COVID, I suspect, will involve supporting the immune system and all of those basics that we know are important to our health, like prioritizing sleep, reducing stress, making sure that we're eating nutritious food and movement as much as will will allow. It's very difficult sometimes with long COVID because the fatigue is so overwhelming. Often pacing can help where you actually have a program of doing things little and often and you do a little bit more incrementally as your condition will allow. It's quite a useful technique and again you can read a bit more about this in the show notes. As for mental health, I think we really need to be not just aware of it. I think awareness is is actually relatively good, certainly um, in the UK. But we don't always have someone to talk to. We don't always have the support networks. And there needs to be a focus on understanding ourselves better this sounds so silly and and a lot of people listening to this will think what the heck does he mean by that but what I mean is really understanding how we operate and how we tick what are the things that give us the biggest gains with our mental health and what are the things that absolutely destroy it Um, and it's not a bad thing to write down Uh, so in terms of evidence lots of things help mental health so there is evidence for example that looking at nature or being in nature helps mental health but hey that might not be your thing so it's not going to work for you and I think that's what I'm saying is that it's worth experimenting and making notes you know writing down things every day that that made you feel good and then focusing on on that you know this idea of journaling in a way or or keeping a diary I think can be really really helpful as a simple start but hey I don't have the solutions I'm really hoping the future of how we tackle mental health will be in a way more individualized so that we can focus on what actually makes us as an individual feel better okay I've wibbled on enough so that was a little bit about invisible illnesses I hope it makes you reflect on a number of things. Firstly, that people that have conditions need compassion. 
so many conditions are not visible and everyone's experience is individual and, and valid. But equally, I don't want this to make you neurotic or turn you into a hypochondriac where you think, oh, how do I know whether something nasty is going on inside? You know, maybe my doctor should just send me for a whole body scan. I, no, I think the thing I'm saying is that there are certain things, checks and balances that are worth doing. So blood pressure is definitely one. You should try and get that checked regularly. So the guidance says every five years, I think actually that's a bit too relaxed personally and I would try and check it once a year if you can. I mean of course you can monitor your own blood pressure at home these days totally not essential but maybe of interest to some of you. And in the show notes there's a little bit more info about blood pressure and what it is and why it's important and with that I'm going to close. I hope that's been useful for you and made you think a little bit about the concept of invisible illnesses do check out the show notes there's loads of links there that will give you a bit more of a deep dive into what i've been talking about and if you've liked what you've heard please please leave me a good rating because that really helps promote the podcast until next time do take care and stay well and i can't wait to connect with you again Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.